On this week's episode of I-501C, the podcast for nonprofit board members, I'm interviewing two people, a board chair and a CEO. And we're gonna dive a little bit into the relationship between Amanda Smith, the board chair for the Community Foundation for Brevard in Brevard County, Florida, and Teresa Grimison, the president and CEO. Please join us now as we talk to Teresa and Amanda. Hey everybody, this is Michael Corley. Just wanted to let you know, we are now sending out a weekly, very brief newsletter, tips, tricks, pointers to nonprofit executives. That includes both board members and CEOs, executive directors. If you're interested in receiving this, please go to thecorleycompany.com forward slash newsletter, and you can sign up. Once again, that's thecorleycompany.com forward slash newsletter. Well, welcome to this week's episode of the I-501CU, the podcast for nonprofit board members. And this is a treat for me because it's two people that I have a lot of respect for, an actual board chair for a nonprofit and the CEO of that same nonprofit. We love to talk about the dynamics of that relationship. So today we're going to dive into that a little bit. So let me ask you two to introduce yourselves. Amanda, we'll start with you, Amanda Smith. And then we'll move over to Teresa Grimison. Uh, Amanda, would you let the audience know a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thanks, Michael. Uh, my name is Amanda Smith. I am an attorney practicing in Brevard County, Florida, serving, currently serving as the chair of the board of directors of the Community Foundation for Brevard. Um, I'm a native Brevardian, and I think we'll get into that a little bit uh, as we go through the questions. Um, but I was born and raised here. I uh, came back here shortly after I graduated from law school in 2012. And um, just kind of personally, I am married and have two young daughters who are four and six, and I have a, a busy and active estate planning and administration practice here in Brevard. Well, Amanda, thank you. And, and the audience couldn't see me cringe when I hear four and six, two <laughs> years apart. Oh, oh my Lord. <laughs> you're you're a busy person for sure. Teresa, let us, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. Thanks for having us, um, Michael. Um, my name is Teresa Grimison, and I'm the president and CEO of the Community Foundation for Brevard. Um, and Brevard for Florida is over on the east coast of the state in central Florida. Um, I came here because my husband um, is from this area, was uh, was raised here, and we had been in Washington, D.C. Um, when we had the opportunity to come down. So after um, what I call a sabbatical year, I uh, met my predecessor of the Community Foundation and began helping her with some strategic initiatives. And then about a year later, I had the opportunity to put my hat in the ring uh, as the CEO. Um, and of course, the board held a comprehensive search and I was fortunate to be selected. But, you know, my career background is really has been in nonprofit leadership and and growth for pretty much the my entire time in the saddle. Um, and what I found, you know, it relates to the Community Foundation is that I I I kept what I felt like was moving upstream in terms of kind of areas of interest, um, started in the arts, moved into education, and then to public policy. Um, and all of that kind of combined, plus a little bit leaning towards the business side of running a nonprofit organization combined. Um, it makes sense, you know, for me and for the organization. But, um, you know, just on on a personal note, I'm I'm so fortunate to be able to blend my professional background with my kind of personal um uh history to to leverage that against a place you know that i call home for forever and there where i'm raising my 15 and 12 year old sons um and now i'm uh, pretty 
Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, it's an adventure. Um, but just I love this area. And, and most of all, I really love the people, uh, which is, of course, what a community foundation is all about. So, well, it certainly is. A, yeah. And I, and I appreciate that. I think there's a lot in what you just said. So people who aspire to be a CEO of a community foundation, I hope you I hope you heard that. But let's go over to Amanda. So, Amanda, you're busy. You've got a young family. Why, why did you join the community foundation board? And, and then why did you decide to move into a leadership role as chair? Sure. Um, so I've actually been a member of the board since 2015. I'm serving my third term as chair right now. I took over that role in 2021. Um, originally, a colleague introduced me to the Community Foundation. Uh, one of my prior partners was on the board and introduced me. So just kind of light involvement to start. Um, but as I got to know the organization better, um, I, you know, there's a lot of interplays with my uh, professional practice, but I think more um, more basically, I, as I mentioned, I'm from Brevard. Both of my parents were born and raised in Merritt Island, which is where I'm now raising my family. Um, I love Brevard, but as a, as a young adult, uh, as a high school student, I couldn't wait to leave and I thought I would never come back. It's a small place and people, you know, we run a stop sign and somebody calls your mom and tells them. And I didn't like that. Um, and so I left, I uh, went up to Emory for college and then I went to law school at Florida State. And when I left, I really thought I would never come back. I, I um, did not envision moving back here. But almost as soon as I was gone, I, I was somewhere else. I was in Atlanta and I realized uh, what a great place it is and what a great place it would ultimately be to, um, you know, choose to raise my family. So um, by the time I graduated from college, I knew eventually I would want to come back to Brevard, um, went to law school and then uh, came back right after I took the bar. So I love Brevard. I'm glad to be raising my family here, but having lived other places, I also can see um, some of the areas that that we could use improvement. And um, I can see, uh, you know, I can appreciate what the Community Foundation can do to kind of impact and drive that change. And that's something that, honestly, I didn't recognize when I first joined the board, uh, but something I have come to see over time. So um, at some point, the Governance Committee did ask me to join the leadership lineup. Timing was a little bit tricky. I think I was uh, newly pregnant with my youngest daughter at the time. So we kind of Put a pause on it for a bit but i have been in that role since 2021 and um have liked being a part of those conversations to help make provide a place really where everybody can thrive well i think that's great i love the comment you know it, it, so many kids say I, i'm never coming back to this place and we a lot of us work our way back home don't we so yeah so I, I want to get into a little bit about the dynamic and, and teresa when, when amanda became chair so I, obviously you were in your role as ceo how, how did you approach that and that new relationship. I mean, did you have any guidelines? What, you know, how, how did you engage Amanda in discussion? What can you share a little bit about how you handled that transition? Uh -huh. Yeah, and you know, of course, you learn things along the way, right? Is it, that's just life. Um, Amanda is the third chair that I've worked with since uh, being the CEO. Um, and one thing that that she and I talked about that that we're implementing for our next transition really is engaging the vice chair or the person that's been identified as the next chair because um, that's not always the same right that we would engage 
him or her in our converse, our regular meetings, et cetera, a little bit um, um, in advance of where we started, really. So it's not that just kind of adjust, you know, that switch um, that that happens so quickly. But um, you know, when when Amanda became the chair, we were mid pandemic because you know she she transitioned into the chair role um, in January of 2021, and um, you know that was just a different time for all of us. We we're doing things all a little bit differently. Um, but, you know, I think we're we're fortunate in that we had what I would consider a very high functioning board for for quite some time. Um, we had a strong series of chairs and great relationships going into it, uh, really solid working committees. Um, so, you know, I would say it was a fairly easy transition. We just had a, you know, obviously a long conversation about how how do we each work best Um and there probably were some adjustments now we've been in this, you know, in this together, uh, you know, for a little over two years. So it, it feels like it was just kind of easy and like clockwork, but I'm sure we just made some adjustments. Um, and, you know, it's been interesting for me because as our, our board has had a very strong uh, shared vision for where we want the community foundation to go, obviously, I mean, each person is bringing a different perspective and a slightly different approach to their leadership role. Um, but, um, you know, I will say that, that Amanda is somebody that, uh, is so well respected all the way around the table, um, and can really, um, inspire and brings people along. Right. And I think that's such a, a key quality to have in that leadership role. And, and she really embodies us. So, um, we also had, I feel like I'm going on and on, but I'll just carry on. Um, at that moment in time for us as an organization, we were celebrating, realizing um, that we had achieved the goals that we had set out, that the board had set out about five years previously. So, you know, Amanda stepped into the role in a at a time when um we need to come together again and and rethink and re, re revision a bit. Um, so that was an exciting time. And and I don't know, Amanda, if you want to say anything about. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was a part of the board in in 2016. Uh, I was I think I was a year in at that point when we had a, a strategic planning retreat and we came up with some big goals and um, we went through some big changes after that with the CEO change and. We had some some lofty fundraising goals that we really had to meet to be the organization that we wanted to be for the future. And through the pandemic and Teresa and her her team's tireless work, those goals were all achieved um, during that time period where where the board wasn't doing a whole lot of active work. You know, we were meeting via Zoom. We were not having our our normal events and outreach, but the team pivoted really well and still exceeded the goals that we had set back in 2016. So as we started to kind of come out of the pandemic um, or adjust to the new way of life, um, you know, Teresa and I decided it was time because we had met those, those goals back from 2016. Um, to convene again as a board and decide what the next five to 10 years would look like. And that's how we, uh, you know, came to know you, Michael. And, and and we had a great session in 2022, which if I recall correctly, we, we had tried to schedule for earlier and then there, you know, pandemic kept us on our toes. And 
Um, so I think we we did finally have that. In, I think it was February of 2022, and um, had a great session from that, which has really given us our, our current goals that as an organization we're we're working towards. So, so as y'all work together and you have over the past number of years, how often do you all interact? Can you just talk about the you know the structure, the rhythm that you all have, talking one on one, emailing? Just curious, how much time do y'all y'all spend interacting? Teresa, I'll let you go first. Oh, really? Okay. I was going to say, I mean, the whole year. I'll take this spot if you want. There you yeah. go. Go ahead, Amanda. It's all you. We talk as much as we can. I mean, Teresa and I have become good friends through this. Um, you know, there's a high level of trust between us. And I think we we bounce ideas off of each other. And so I would say we probably have a working lunch together twice a month. And there's a lot of check-ins via text or quick calls or emails um, about business. And, um, you know, it's fun to kind of brainstorm and strategize with her at a very high level. Um, and so we're we're meeting often uh, whenever we can find the time really to, to do um, kind of that high level planning and brainstorming and sometimes just dreaming about what the organization can be. So Amanda, let me follow up on that. You, you are super, super busy. And yet somehow you prioritize the ability to respond to Teresa. And I know that's not the case in, in, in a lot of relationships. How, is that just you're that type of person or do you prioritize? Can you talk a little bit about your your responsiveness to the CEO? I, I try my very best. There are a lot of text messages from Teresa that go unread or unresponded to for multiple days. But she knows that uh, she is always welcome and that I appreciate follow-ups. But she's... She's great. You know, Brevard, Michael, you know, is challenging geographically. Um, it, it, it We're a long, narrow county. And so uh, location can sometimes be an issue. But Teresa comes to me for lunch, which is great. I have to eat lunch every day. And so that has been our most consistent and um, uh, easy to accommodate uh, check-in. But again, you know, we'll, we'll get together for coffee or cocktail um, if we can find the time. And if not, we'll do a quick call on the way into the office and we, we find the time. Um, it's it's harder to find the larger blocks of time where we can talk more extensively. But Teresa always comes, I, I appreciate this, she always comes with a printed agenda and it's probably more for her than it is for me, but it's so that she has the the list of things that it's it's important for us to to get through and we get through those things as efficiently as we can. Oh, I, I love that. And Teresa, so what, what dynamics um, uh, allow for a very strong relationship between the CEO and the board chair? You, I, one of you just said trust a, a second ago, but but what else? What helps the CEO run the organization in terms of the relationship with the board chair? Well, I think that, um, you know, I think a clear understanding of the role of the CEO and the role of the board chair, right? It's, um, and we're fortunate again, and I said it earlier that we have that kind of strong practice and culture of our board, you know, of governance. So a high level of oversight and accountability um, that's set forth in our bylaws. Um, you know, our chair leads the board, facilitates that group, um, you know, ensures that we're hearing voices around the table and I lead the organization. But I will say this, that, you know, um, I don't feel, you know, I feel that I like to engage with my board chair in particular, just on kind of every level of the organization, just as, no, this is going on. 
um, every once in a while, I think Amanda has said, that's really your call, Teresa. Um, and I appreciate that, right? That there's that, um, there is that line. Um, but I really value having that, um, sounding board for, there are some tricky things that come up even in kind of the management of the organization. So, um, that, that clarity around our roles is important. I think we both feel that, um, you know, but, but, and in particular community foundations, I mean, I think our entire lives, right, are about relationships and that, um, that trust, that authenticity, um, vulnerability, you know, which of course gets used a lot. We talk about vulnerability a lot. It doesn't mean to be having to bear everything, but to, to open up and be willing to share, you know, weaknesses around the, um, the whole organization, but also in yourself. And, and so having that ability to share that within obviously reason and, and, um, the right ways I think is really, really important in our relationship. Um, but in any relationship in this, in this, at this level. Uh, very well. Teresa is very good about, um, telling me when, uh, there are maybe kind of issues brewing and she doesn't always paint a rosy picture of everything, which I think has led to the level of trust that we have in each other that I know that when I'm kind of getting a, a state of the union, if you will, that it is accurate and honest and, um, you know, we can always improve and, uh, even where we're meeting or exceeding our goals and Teresa is very open and honest about that. So I would say, you know, I think the two most important um, factors are both trust and respect that I, I trust that what she, uh, I trust in what she's doing and what she's telling me, but I also respect and value her experience and her direction. Let me ask both of y'all this question, because clearly you all have a strong relationship. It, it's based on trust, transparency. Not every board chair and CEO has that. Amanda, before the board selected you, do you, do you think they knew that about you because i worry about boards oh it's this next person in line let them have the role right and and it's but boards really need to be intentional who that next board chair is going to be do, do you yeah what advice do you have for boards on that yeah i don't think that the board necessarily knew that about me and i think a lot of that has come from Teresa and i making a, a commitment to um, spending time together. I think you work better with people with you know them. Um, you do, they don't have to be your best friend. They don't have to be your favorite person, but I think you have to know them to work well with them. And so we both made a, a commitment to spend time together and just, just turns out that we really like each other, which is great. <laughs> um, I think, you know, the way that our governance works is that the, the governance committee certainly values highly Teresa's recommendation on these things. And so I, I have to think, and I don't know, Teresa can can comment on this, that that Teresa at least planted that seed because she thought it could be a good working relationship. And I would say that that's, that should be important for any organization. You don't obviously want a board chair who is in the CEO's pocket, but you want somebody who the CEO is going to be able to work with. And, and presume, that all presumes that you have um, an effective and ethical CEO. <laughs> I think yeah, that's a very important point. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well stated, Amanda, that last point, very, very important. Teresa, do you have comments on that? Well, and I would add maybe self-aware CEO too, right? Yes. Um, but, you know, we, um, our governance committee is also um, well-structured, I would say, and their responsibilities are well-defined. And we've been really fortunate to have someone sharing our governance committee that has fantastic, like tremendous experience in this realm. Um, and so they're, you know, of course, charged with setting the criteria for, for board members, um, you know, and doing the full um, gamut of, of, of who would join us on the board, um, working on kind of performance and participation, et cetera. I mean, it's a very, um, I almost want to say subtly powerful committee and, and very important for our solid working, you know, situation. And so we've been really fortunate, a woman named Elizabeth Shore, who's who's on our board and who's chaired that. And so she's been very much a part of these conversations and like our succession planning, our leadership planning over the years. And so kudos to her too, I think, you know, um, with identifying, it was definitely group effort with Amanda being in our leading us forward at this time. It, definitely, you're demonstrating best practices and you can see the results of that. I mean, I want to go back to a, a, something that was mentioned earlier and that's your role. And you talked, you enjoy having strategic questions, your discussions with Teresa. How do you stay out of the weeds? How did you train yourself to stay in your lane and not get into, you know, her swim lane? Um, I am not inclined to, we, one, we have a great structure. We have, we redid our bylaws a few years ago. We have a great team. Um, and so I trust the institutional integrity. So I'm not, and I know that that is not the case with many organizations. And so I'm, I'm grateful that that's not something that I've been concerned about during my tenure or something that I've had to keep a, a close watch on, um, but I, there are times, and Teresa indicated this already, where she's she's asked me some questions that, you know, I can't answer because I'm not in the office. I'm not meeting with our donors. I'm not doing the day-to-day -day, um, that I think she sometimes just wants. She, she's she got a gut on these things, and she, um, you know, has some options and, and wants some input. I'm always happy to get my input, but also say, hey, that's really a you decision, not a not a board-level decision. Well, I think there, there's a, a humility aspect to a successful board chair, and, and you clearly have that. And that's hey, that's not my decision; that's yours. Even though you probably have an opinion, but the confidence and trust in your CEO, and so I think that's pretty special because not every organization has that. But I mean, I want to go back. So you you're a board member; you become board chair. Did that change the dynamics of your relationship with Teresa? Um, I would say that it um, deepened our relationship. We do, and, and I was vice chair for two years before then, and I was secretary before that. So I was already involved in leadership and had a good relationship with her, um, but we were not meeting nearly as frequently as we are now. So it, it certainly deepened the relationship, um, but I don't, I don't recall there being any sort of drastic overnight shift. It was just, we started meeting and collaborating uh, more often and, um, you know, making a commitment to be available to each other to to effectively run the organization. Yeah, Teresa, kind of same question to you. She's your your semi-boss, right? One of 
uh, one of the board members, and now she becomes your main boss. How did that, from your perspective, change things, or did it? Yeah, I would, I would echo what Amanda just said. I felt that I knew her quite well, you know, as she ascended into the chair role. Um, you know, certainly we know each other much better now, um, just given our time together and our commitment both to each other, but to the organization and what we're trying to do. You know, um, it's grittier, right? Because we just know more. Um, and also, I, you know, I've actually just over the last six months gone through some really difficult um, um, moments with my family of origin. And, and Amanda has been such a resource and a guide and counselor for me through that, you know, and, and we, we've gotten, you know, uh, quite a ways through that. But wow, what a what a um, what an amazing friend and, and mentor through that. And, and how lucky am I um, to have that kind of relationship? Um, so I think that's important to say, I'm glad you shared that Teresa, because we, we board members, those of us that are board members, you know, CEOs are on an Island. There's really, yes, they report to the board, but man, they are really on an Island. It's tough to find people to, to speak with and to support them. And then as, as a board member, that's our role. Our role is to support the CEO. So he or she can be successful. So I, I appreciate you, you saying that. Uh, and Amanda, when it comes to managing the board, so you, I, I love how you you moved up from secretary to vice chair to chair. So that certainly positioned you nicely to manage the board. How, how do you manage your board? How how frequently do you talk to board members? How does that look? Yeah, so we have a number of committees, and I would say the real uh, work is done at the committee levels for the board. Our board, you know, we meet quarterly as a board and the board meetings last about an hour. So we don't have um, a whole lot to discuss usually because so much is being done behind the scenes or outside of board meetings um, by the staff and by the committees. And so I am available to, to all directors at any time. Um, but it's nice because there is this division of labor, which respects the board members, both time and expertise. So we are largely a board of professional advisors and or um, donors or other people who are, um, you know, invested in the community foundation. And our governance committee does a very good job of identifying people's interests and their strengths and then placing them on committees um, that align with that. And so the the real day-to-day, more time-intensive work is done with the committee level. So I, I trust the work on, of those committees. I've served uh, not all of them, but almost all of them. Um, and, and as chair, I don't, you know, I don't get into the weeds of all of those committees, but um, I think it, it really helps to utilize people's strengths and their interests where they're needed. And again, as as a professional who is asked on a regular basis to serve on boards, it I usually cringe when I'm asked that question, and I'm I'm kind of lamenting that my time on the community foundation board is is starting to sunset because um, it it is something where I feel like I can use uh, my strengths and my interests. It's not a you know when my when time is requested of me, it's meaningful time. It's not just sitting and then and then multiple hours long board meeting every month. Um, and so I, I really appreciate that. And I think it makes the whole organization more effective because of the way that it's set up. 
I think you just highlighted the importance of having the appropriate board and recruiting the appropriate board members for that committee structure to work, for you all to only meet quarterly. Wow. I, I think most organizations be going, oh, I can only dream of that. So, Teresa, what's <laughs> recruiting new board members? What's, how does the Community Foundation Brevard look and seek new board members? Great question. I have actually so many thoughts right now that I have on like follow up from somewhere on the <laughs> streams of conversation. I'm like, it's all in, it's, you know, it all wants to come out, but to stick on this one, um, you know, um, we have a number, we have a couple of tools and of course we've got these, this very active committee structure and, and, um, we do empower everyone to keep their eyes and ears open, um, and introduce us to folks that they know, no matter whether they're on the, you know, if they're on the governance committee or not. Uh, but we have a couple of tools that we use when it looks a little bit like a spider web, you know, that makes sure that we're, um, you know, we're looking at skills, backgrounds, communities, you know, um, it helps to show us where we might have gaps. So um, that's been very effective. And then we also have a um, a chart that kind of lays out our terms and leadership roles, et cetera. So we can really proactively think about um, our succession and and our leaders and and to make the appropriate moves and have the right conversations at the right time. And, um, you know, what I have learned, you know, in doing this now for um, a number of years and through some transitions that my inclination is, my natural inclination is to wait and to wait, but that's the wrong move. And a number of my chairs have been, you know, have, have said, let's, let's, you know, have, 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 um, lately, you know, right? Like we've have elevated the conversation. I appreciate that because it all does seem to take a little longer than what I wanted to, you know. And so that's good. So we get a little start started a little earlier. Um, and I, I just, you know, I have to emphasize that that us, the chair and the CEO, and of course that there other individuals, um, really planning that leadership pipeline all the way around. And so it's very strategic conversation. It's very intentional. It, it sounds like you never right. stop. Now, it, of course, it increases right. in importance. But I, I think that's very noteworthy because a lot of organizations, it's like, oh, good Lord, we got a, a, a seat coming up in three months. We better start the work. And and that's really not effective. That puts you behind the eight ball. Right. And, you know, relating to the the little con the conversation that we had before um, about how Amanda and I work together, you know, this this um but also relates to this, and I think it actually relates to the whole, you know, kit and caboodle is the that saying that change happens at the speed of trust, right? And so it, I think about investment happens in the, at the speed of trust, and so many things happen at that speed, and it takes time to develop trust because it's true relationships, right? And and you can accelerate a relationship, sure. I think we've all done that, um, but nothing beats that slow and steady practice of, you know, getting to know your partners and, and, and moving that forward. So, well, well stated. So let me ask two final questions, one of each of you, and then we can go in whichever direction. So Amanda, a new chair, you know, time's coming. Uh, a lot of y'all don't roll over chairs uh, on July 1st, but a number of organizations do. What advice would you have for an incoming board chair of a nonprofit? Yeah, a couple of things. I think, you know, building on a theme that we've talked about a lot, which is relationship and trust, is um, developing a relationship with the CEO that that can grow over time. Um, but buying a, a transition in the near term, I think, is also 
uh, it would also be important to download with the current chair, the outgoing chair, who in many organizations is going to stay involved at least for a year. Um, but to you know, I think Teresa suggested at the beginning, and and we've talked about implementing this too, is having you know we will have a transition in January, is having our vice chair start to to join in in our regular meetings, so that it's not on January first Amanda leaves and new chair steps in. Um, that we're kind of working collaboratively for, you know, the last, um, you know, six months or so of my term. So I think that that, that will help the uh, wind up once the, a new chair transitions in, if there's been a, a collaborative, a close, coll we're, we're collaborating with the whole board and of course the vice chair all the time and on an ongoing nature, but bringing them into that uh, more, um, uh intimate, intense, personal relationship mm -hmm. earlier so that there is a smoother transition, I think would, would be very wise. Um, and, uh, you know, make sure that, that you, you know, and you understand and you bought into the vision and that, that your next chair is in that same, that same boat, that they, that they have the same vision and that they're carrying that forward. And, and we feel very good about that because we all work together you know, a year and a half ago to to set that vision for the next five years. And Teresa, same question to you, but obviously shoes on the other foot. What advice would you give to a, a, a tenured CEO that is welcoming a new board chair? I think it's, you know, um, quickly building that productive relationship, of course. And we've, we've um, talked about that quite a bit, but also, you know, it's important to establish your credibility as a CEO, whether you're the new CEO or even if you've been doing it for six years, right? Or, which is my, uh, where I'm at, but, um, you know, business that results really speak for themselves, but I, I think it's super important as the CEO to, um, you know, recognize the team accomplishment that the success is right that this wouldn't happen you know i've been super fortunate to be in the role that i've been in um and have the experience i have to bring to bear but maintaining that humility and and elevating the others around me is just a it's key for me and i think it's key for others um the other thing that i think about a lot as i'm getting to know each chair, but also each board member, right, are just appreciating the different skills and interests that people bring and that they they offer insights and perspectives oftentimes in ways that I wasn't expecting and really being able to appreciate that, uh, even it's, if it's challenging. Um, and, um, you know, I think Amanda said it earlier, right, this like that getting in face-to-face, -face, really spending the time with each other, um, it's, it's just super important. I think those are very wise words from a maturing CEO for those of you who are listening. And it's recognizing that every board member has something to offer it and, and being humble enough and intentional enough to find out what it is. You don't have to have all the answers as CEO. And, and I think a lot of us, we move into that leadership role. We think we got we to gotta know everything. And the fact is you, you really don't. So Teresa, I appreciate you sharing that. So let me ask you, as, as we're wrapping things up, and, and this is the first time we've ever had two people interviewed at the same time. I think it's gone very, very well. Any last words? And Teresa, you said you had so many ideas and comments. So anything you want to comment on, and then we'll we'll go over to Amanda. Well, I managed to squeeze it in in my earlier. Well, look at you. <laughs> very <laughs> good. Earlier moment. Um, 
but you know, just to, and, you know, on, on the theme that we've just, um, gone down, um, I love Leonard Cohen to the horror of a, you know, close friend of mine, the, the singer songwriter, you know, and he has the a, a fa- famous song, obviously about letting the light in, you know, the, the, the light only comes into the cracks. Right. So, um, I, I think about that a lot and both as, you know, as a board, the organization as a CEO. And, and so I get a lot of inspiration from that. Oh, that's great. And Amanda. I think that's a, a great place to end. Um, you know, I have have loved the opportunity to um, serve with Teresa. Um, I did, I don't know that I fully knew what I was getting into on the front end, but it's been a, a positive and impactful um, and meaningful experience. You know, I would love to have Amanda stay as chair for you know. We already did that once, as much as possible. Right. I, I will say that I do think it's healthy for an organization to obviously transition in, in its chair role. Um, but we've gotten this bonus year. Um, but, you know, I think in some of the, the I have seen challenges in my in my past um, lives in different organizations where if you didn't have that transition. There can be fantastic. It can be amazing. And it can also lead to some challenges. So, um, you know. Uh, yeah. Words from the road, right? Like, yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's healthy. Yeah, it, it's it's really a it's it's a, it's a functionally dysfunctional system. The fact that you've got a board chair, if it, things are going great, it's awesome, but you know it's going to come to an end. And then if you've got a bad one, oh good gosh, it's gonna it's gonna drag. It's horrible, and I've seen it too many times. Well, there's also things that you can't predict, right? That that happen and that bubble up. And also, when you have that transition, it does give other people the chance to also share their leadership yeah others right so good it's point. good and healthy yeah. but i would just for the record amanda keep you possibly <laughs> <laughs> good well after two years in this relationship they're still smiling at each other for, for those of you who are listening and uh, i know both of them very well Teresa, a little bit better than amanda and they're just two wonderful people and what you're doing in that community over there is it's is just upstanding so I, I commend you and i commend how you're operating the board and operating the organization. You really do have your sea legs under you and you two are a strong reason for that. Teresa Grimison, CEO of the Community Foundation for Brevard and Amanda Smith, board chair for Community Foundation for Brevard. Thank you both for joining us today on the I-501 CU, the podcast for nonprofit board members. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. All right. We were just laughing because we, of course, we always do a a post-discussion with our guests. And I tell you what, Amanda and Teresa are just a... (laughs) They're just absolutely wonderful people. But here we are recapping with Reed. Reed, as he listened throughout the podcast, he's identified three key nuggets he'd like to share with the audience. Reed, I'll turn it over to you. So Teresa's dynamics that allowed for a strong relationship between the chair and CEO were that they both have a clear understanding of their roles and they have built a trust and respect between each other. And that are the two that is the two biggest factors that went into their relationship. Boy, you hit the nail on the head, and and I've seen when that is so clear and works, and I've seen when it when it isn't. Boy, it sure is painful. Number two, Reed. That their relationship grew because of intentionality. They were intentional with the growth. Um, it did not happen by accident. They made sure to set up times and to meet frequently, and yeah, it did not happen by accident. Yeah, relationships don't just grow. You can, there's got to be some intentionality behind it. I think they really covered that nicely. And Reed, number three. Amanda's advice for a new board chair is to have a download with the outgoing chair. Bring that next chair into the 
board chair CEO meetings months prior to them stepping into the role as board chair. And then to make sure that that next board chair understands the vision and is able to carry that vision on throughout their term as board chair. And there you go, ladies and gentlemen, recapping with three, read the three key points he observed in the podcast with Teresa and Amanda Reed. Thank you. And thanks everybody who's listened to this week's episode of the I-501CU, the podcast for nonprofit board members.